to see you. Thank you for being with us this morning. I got lots of prayer requests I want to give you just before we open up in prayer this morning. Please pray for Brother Lester Rohr. Uh, I put this out a few times ago or a few services ago. Brother Lester had been dealing with COVID, had been doing really well, uh, but woke up yesterday very sick. He is in the hospital again, uh, 103 fever, and they're treating him for uh, COVID-related illnesses. So pray for Lester. His wife, Jean, also has COVID. Uh, lift them in prayer. We got several in our church who were quarantined because of COVID. They've got family members or they themselves have been exposed. Please lift them up in prayer. Pray for Brother Barry Rigney. He goes Wednesday for a procedure. Pray for Sister Dot. And then pray for Sister Elaine Cobbler. Uh, she is facing a neck and spinal surgery, major surgery. So we're going to pray for a miracle there that God will intervene. I'm glad we still serve a prayer answering God. Amen. Let's open up in prayer. Lord, we love you today. And we're glad to be in your house. Thankful for those that are here in our sanctuary and those who are joining us online via live stream today. Thank you, Lord, that we're able to be in their homes. God, I pray your blessings now upon our services today. We sure need the touch of the Holy One in our midst this morning. Lord, there are so many in our congregation who are not here today but for COVID, so I pray that you would touch them, intervene miraculously, Lord, heal them. Lord, I pray that you would uh, give uh, wisdom and get this dreaded disease out of here as soon as possible, Lord. Lord, I pray for the presence, God, as we preach this morning, as the singing happens. May your son be magnified and glorified, for you've told us in your word that if we'll lift up Jesus, you'll draw men and women unto you. So we're going to take you at that this morning. Bless now the choir, the special music. May it all uplift Jesus. We'll thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody said amen. You can be seated. Love this song. Brother Ken, come sing for us this morning.
you're with us today. Indeed, I think we have to say, if we look back over the history of our life, the theme that seems to echo over and over, God's been good. Even in the worst of times, how many of you can say, God has been good? Amen. Several announcements I want to give you this morning. Thank you so much for those who have helped our uh, renovation work, our Purchase a Pew campaign. We've met the goal with, in terms of our pledges. Uh, we were asking for just over 15000 and you all have pledged more than 18000 We praise the Lord for that. Uh, don't worry. The extra will go to good use. We got other stuff we need to do, as you can plainly see. We're going to paint. We're going to work on lights. We got lots of stuff we're doing as we continue our sanctuary renovation, so we sure appreciate that. We ask that all those pledges be in by the end of this month, end of September, if at all possible. Uh, we, again, thank you for your faithfulness to help us in this renovation work. Reminder, this coming Wednesday night, so excited after an 18-month uh, uh, stop, we are excited to resuscitate Awanas again this coming Wednesday night, so uh, moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas. Make sure you got your kids here. We begin at seven o'clock. Uh, looking forward to that. Teachers, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for picking up that Awana mantle again. We're excited to get our kids re-engaged in that critical ministry so you have them here Wednesday night as we begin our Awana program again and of course as always we'll have an adult Bible study here in the sanctuary. also want to call your attention to a uh, reminder that our Senior Saints is uh, going to go on its first trip. They'll go October the 9th. Uh, they'll head to the Autumn Leaves Festival in Mount Airy leaving here at the church at 7.30 if you're interested in signing up. That sign-up is in our postal area. And we did make one little tweak to it after some folks had asked. We're going to lower the age from uh, down to 50. So if you're 50 and above and you want to participate, uh, uh, look, I'm just going to tell you. I don't mind lowering the age, but I'm 51 and I'm not a senior saint yet. Can somebody say amen? There were those who were about 50, 51, all of whom amen. And those of you who are 55 and above went... <laughs> 
We'll have a good time. You mark your calendars, if you will. Also, uh, a new ministry here at the church. We've done this a couple of times. Uh, how many of you understand that for, there are a few of us for whom COVID-19 meant pounds? Amen. Battle of my life. So we got a new uh, ministry here at the church that we're starting on September the 20th, a faith-filled plate uh, for those who want to uh, 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 join together with weight loss program. That'll be at the church uh, beginning on September the 20th. Again, sign-up sheet is over in the postal area. Two announcements that I'm so excited to announce to you. On Sunday, October the 31st, during the morning service, the Billy Sampson family will be with us. Longtime friends of ours, missionaries that we've supported for many years, fantastic preacher, incredible family that sings. Uh, they're going to be with us during the morning service. And then in the afternoon, that's October the 31st, we're going to have a community-wide fall festival free to our community. We'll have inflatables, games, cookout food, lots of stuff, all free for our community. Community, and then trunk or treat beginning at 7 o'clock uh, for the kids in our community. We're going to need lots of help. Excited by it. We'll have a sign-up sheet out here uh, next week. We're going to ask you to put your name on there, and then we'll let you know what you're doing. Can I get a witness? Amen. <laughs> Sign up, and then we'll tell you what you volunteered for. Amen. But we're going to need lots of help with this. We want to make it, uh, again, for our community uh, as a thank you to them. It is our, you hear me say this a lot, it is our honor and our privilege to serve this community. That's the reason God has us here, so we're going to enjoy ourselves on that Sunday evening. Don't forget our Operation Christmas Child efforts are underway. Our goal for this year is 200 boxes. You keep that in mind. And then a special note, uh, Renee and I have moved. Uh, we are now in the Patrick and Henry Presidential Home, which is about two minutes. It took us 90 seconds to get to church this morning. Amen. Uh, it, uh, it is, uh, the new address is in there. It's the same address. Dr. Gawain had uh, when she was the president at Patrick and Henry. So we moved there over the weekend. And also just an FYI to folks, we are stopping use of our landline. Uh, uh, my wife calls my iPhone my mistress because she's always close to my heart right here in my pocket chest. So uh, we uh, will use our, our cellular devices should you need us. Uh, you, can, you can call and leave a message on my answer machine at the house, but I ain't going to get it. Amen. So use those cell phones if you would. All right, fellas, come on and make your way down if you would. Will, you can play for us this morning. You be obedient unto the Lord with his tithes and your offerings. Aren't you glad to be saved this morning? Somebody say amen. Lord, bless the offering. May it be what you would have it to be. Bless the gift and the giver. Thank you for the opportunity to be back in your house today. We sure counted a blessing. We love you today. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Play it, buddy.
First time Will, that's good, Dr. Moore. First time Will played, I remember I came up and said, he sounds just like Floyd Kramer. There were, there were two generations in the church that went, absolutely. And then two generations that went, who the heck are you talking about? Amen. Thank you, Dr. Moore. It's hard to believe a man have a doctorate degree in biology and play that well. That's awesome, buddy. Thank you. Let's all stand together. We'll sing a song or two this morning. Good to see you, brother. Come on. Amen. We'll do at Calvary. We'll do all four verses this morning. Pay attention to the words as you sing along. It's at Calvary. I spent in vanity and pride, caring not my Lord was crucified, knowing not it was for me he died on Calvary. Mercy that was great and grace was free, pardon that was multiplied to hardest part about COVID was at church. And I said, I don't know about all the other churches, but at SAGBC, the hardest part is we used to hug, slop sugar, snot, a whole nine yards. And I said, I pastor a Baptist church. I can't get them folks to stop slopping sugar. Amen. But we're doing our best. Thank you this morning. Will's going to play one more for us, and we'll let the kids go down for junior church. Come on, buddy.
That's awesome. All right, Mr. Nate, y'all switch. And all the kids heading to Children's Church and Junior Church, you come on this morning. Uh, we're glad to see all the kids heading to Children's Church, Junior Church. Come on this morning down to my left. James and Anna will be taking you. Come on, guys. Fifth grade and below, come on. You're going to have a good time this morning. If you don't have a good time, come tell me and I'll whoop my son. Bibles, please, to the book of Proverbs, if you would, chapter number 10, Proverbs chapter 10. While they're coming, I want to say how good it is. Zach, stand up, you and Ashley, if you would. Y'all stand up, because we got a lot of folks who don't know you, buddy, the reason I'm asking you to do that. Yeah. Turn around and wave at folks, Zach. This is Zach Reynolds, one of our soldiers, just got back. Stand up, Ashley. You're by far the better looking of the two. <laughs> just got back from Kuwait, Zach yeah. did. We appreciate his service to our country. Amen. Yeah, you hear me say all the time, I've got no tolerance for people who disrespect the uniform. Amen. And I appreciate this young man and his willingness. One of several soldiers in our congregation. So we love you, Zach. We love you more, Ashley. Amen. Y'all come sing for us this morning. Amen. This song right here, uh, Matt usually helps me and Renee out on this, but we recruited Miss Lisa in today. Y'all pray for us as we sing that I could still go free. Quite understand 
Proverbs chapter number 10 this morning. Proverbs chapter number 10. We're going to look at two verses together. Verse number 4 and verse number 5 this morning. Proverbs chapter 10. Verse number 4 and verse 5. You found your place? Say amen. Let's read together. He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand. But the hand of the diligent maketh rich. Look at verse 5. He that gathereth in summer is a wise son. But he that sleepeth in harvest is a son that causeth shame. Father, bless the preaching this morning. The singing has stirred our hearts. It's made us ready. It has tilled the soil. And Lord, now we're ready for the planting of seed. That is the sacred holy word of God. Lord, this is the part of the hour that's so critical, not because I'm doing it, but because you ordained the foolishness of preaching. Use the outline that I know you've laid on our heart this morning. Speak to us today. Lord, most especially if there's an unbeliever in the auditorium or listening by way of live stream, may this be the moment, the day, the hour that the Spirit of God does what only the Holy Ghost can do, convict the heart, show them their need of a Savior, that they'll decide to accept Christ as Savior today for those of us who are saved. Lord, may the message this morning draw us closer to you so that we'll walk out of here one more time ready to face the trials of another week. Lord, we love you. That's not a surprise. But what is so amazing is that you love us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I'm going to talk to you this morning about a dirty word. 
talk to you about a nasty word, a dirty four-letter word that's become incredibly divisive in our society. I'm going to talk to you about that dirty four-letter word called work. Work. A word that is seemingly ripping apart the very fabric of our country. I know already I'm going to get some nasty comments this week and criticisms that I'm talking politics. Hear me what I'm about to say this morning. If a topic is in the Bible that has political connotations, that doesn't mean it's a political topic. That means it's a Bible topic. We're not afraid here to steer towards, we're not going to walk away from biblical topics that have suddenly taken on political connotations. Hear me this morning, work is not a contagious condition. Work is something that we as Americans and as believers should be eminently proud of. Why are we preaching that this morning? You know tomorrow's Labor Day, the first Monday in September, a holiday distinctly American that was created by national legislation in 1884 that is, quote, dedicated to the social and economic achievements of the American worker. It constitutes a yearly national tribute to the contributions of workers that have turned strength, prosperity, and well-being of the United States of America. I'll tell you what for me was the background of this message. This was a couple of months ago. In fact, several months ago now, I was scrolling like we often do through various platforms, and I came upon a post where the title of it says, I can't believe it's him. I can't believe it's him. And so I clicked on it, and I opened up a picture. For those of you who are my generation and older, you remember when we were, a child, when we were children growing up, there was a very popular Thursday evening show called The Cosby Show. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I'm not talking about Bill Cosby. That's a whole separate message. Amen. What I'm talking about was the man who played his uh, 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 son-in-law, Jeffrey Owens, Lewis Owens, Jeffrey Lewis Owens. In the show, he was a character named Elvin Thibodeau. How many of you know the man I'm talking about? Several of you do. The rest of you, uh, I don't know what's right with you. God, the altar's open. Amen. This man, uh, 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 Jeffrey Lewis Owens, was snapped. There was a picture of him working as a cashier at Trader Joe's. I've never been in Trader Joe's. I clicked on the link for Trader Joe's. There's 200 desserts now at Trader Joe's I want to try. Amen. Never been, uh, but it looks like a fat boy heaven. Amen. And so as I was scrolling through, I could not believe the comments that I was reading. The interviewer uh, interviewed him and said, what are you doing here? How can you have fallen so far, quote, in shame and disgrace that you'd go from the Cosby show to working as a cashier at Trader Joe's? He looked at him and said, I'm not sure how you call this shame and disgrace. I receive residuals uh, every month from the Cosby show. Uh, and he said, and I quote, but there were some things that my family wanted, uh, some vacations that we wanted to take, some work around the house that we wanted to do. Uh, I needed some extra income, so I picked up a job as a cashier. What's wrong with that? And I was reading through all of these comments saying how far he's fallen. Uh, what a shame and disgrace that he have to do something like that. And I thought to myself, you people have lost your ever-loving mind. 
What we should be doing is celebrating the fact uh, that someone's not ashamed to say, uh, my family needed something, so I went to work to provide it. I was sharing this story at another meeting recently, uh, candidly a public college meeting, and someone came up to me afterwards and said, Dr. Hodges, uh, all you're doing is espousing the Judeo-Christian work ethic. And I looked at him and I said, well, guilty. I sure am. And I'm going to show you this morning that the Judeo-Christian work ethic is in fact a biblical effort, a biblical effect, a biblical statement, because what I want everyone to understand is though we are in strange times in our society, work is in fact not a dirty word. In fact, that's the title of the message. Work is not a dirty word. Three things I want us to look at this morning. Number one, I want you to note with me, perhaps surprisingly, I want you to note with me the pattern for work. Of everything I'll show with you this morning, I think you're going to find this one may surprise you the most. You're not going to flip in a lot of passages. Put your bookmark where we just had it, but turn to Genesis chapter 2, please. Verse 15. Genesis chapter 2, please. Verse 15. First thing that I want you to understand this morning is that God absolutely values work. How do I know? If you read the creation story in chapters 1 and 2, you will find that over and over during the first day, six days, God worked. Look at me. If God's not too good to work, how much more should we not be too good to work? Look at what it says in verse number 15 of chapter 2. Look at chapter 2, verse 15. Scripture says, And the Lord God took man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. Now, there are many folks who seem to have the mistaken idea that what we think of as work today only happened after the fall. They have this idea that work is associated with the curse. That when Adam and Eve fell out of the Garden of Eden, God cursed, that's true. God told them to till the land, that's true. We'll look at that in just a moment. But they have this idea that the very nature of work only happened as a result of the curse. But nothing could be further from the truth. Before there was a fall, before there was a curse, before they were kicked out of the kingdom of heaven, uh, the Garden of Eden, before they were kicked out, uh, before they were told to till the land, God made very plain that God took the man, put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. How many have ever tilled a garden or worked the land? Would you agree that's hard work? That means before there was a curse, before there was anybody being kicked out of the Garden of Eden, that God had instilled in Adam, in Adam, the nature to work and till the land and to dress it and to keep it. Adam was also charged with naming the animals. I, I, you know, maybe this is just me, but I don't see anywhere in my Bible where Adam looks to God and said, God, why don't you name them yourself? I'm tired. I don't see anywhere where Adam says, I've been naming animals all morning. Is it time for my break yet? What I see is that God gave Adam and instilled in Adam a nature, a drive, and a desire to work and gave him the idea that work brings blessings. I want to pause a moment and say to you that I'm going to be talking a lot like this this morning. And I want you to hear me. I am not talking, I'm not speaking, I'm not, I, I want you to, I'm not, I'm not saying a word 
against those who are unable to work. I'm also not saying a word against those who have worked their entire lives and are now enjoying the fruits of their labor. Enjoy every second of it. But there's a whole big population in between that has forgotten the value, the sacredness, and the godliness that is associated with work. Notice, if you would, not only do you see the pattern for work, we're going to park here on number two for about 20 hours and talk about the problems associated with work. For some reason, work has taken on negative connotations in many parts of society. What was challenging, hear me now, say amen to this, what was challenging before COVID has become a downright crisis post-COVID. What does Scripture say? Some very ungodly characteristics have taken hold. Let me give them to you. Number one, amen me on this, laziness. That's right, we're going to be here a while. He said it from the front row, amen. Laziness. I, I'm, we, this is one of the most prevalent problems we see today. God's got a lot to say about this. It may surprise you that laziness is actually a biblical topic. Again, this ain't political. This is Bible. I, you know, I lied. I told you you weren't going to be flipping. Like you are going to flip. Turn to Proverbs, if you would, chapter 20. Proverbs chapter 20. Look at verse 4. I was just going to read them to you, but I want you to see them so you know I ain't making them up. Proverbs chapter 20, verse number 4. The word that the Bible uses and Solomon throughout the Proverbs uses to describe laziness is a word that is called sluggard. Now, a lot of times uh, we use the term slugger to mean someone who can knock it out of the park. A slugger and a sluggard aren't the same thing. A slugger is indeed someone who can knock it out of here. A sluggard is what we would call today someone blessed with the challenge of laziness. Look at verse 4. The sluggard will not plow by reason of the cold. Therefore, shall he beg in the harvest and have nothing. Did you read what I read? The sluggard will not plow. Means he won't work because it's cold outside. And therefore, shall he beg in the harvest and have nothing. I, 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 we are absolutely 100% commanded to help those who cannot help themselves. If you've been in this church any length of time, you know that we dedicate so much time, energy, and resources to helping those who cannot help themselves. We are never told to help those who will not help themselves. And I, I can already see the tweets now. I know folks are going to lose their mind when they hear this, but that is a biblical statement. Hear me this morning. I think everybody should own their own bias. You should admit to your, and I just got to tell you, laziness drives me bananas. It don't matter if it's my own children. It don't matter who, it drives me, but this is how it was viewed at my house when I was growing up. 
This is how my daddy viewed it. I, a lot of you have heard me share this story. When I, when I turned 16, my daddy gave me the keys to an incredibly used Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme. It was so beautiful that the headliner was sitting in the front seat. That was the keys to in one hand. In the other hand, he gave me an application to Kroger that he had already filled out, done everything, and all I had to do was sign my name. And I remember looking at him and said, Daddy, I'm not sure I want to go to Kroger. He looked at me and said, you're acting like you have a choice. And then I started using all these powers of persuasion. I'm like, I was dating a young lady named Tanya. Sorry, babe. And so she, and I looked at, I looked at, uh, I looked at my dad. And I said, daddy, I can't put Tanya in this car. <laughs> Thinking foolishly that would help me get a better deal. He looked at me and he said, son, don't worry. I've got the perfect solution. He handed me a box of stick pens. Some of you nodding your head. There's another generation who've got no idea what I'm talking about. I'm fixing to school you on it. I didn't know either. I said, Daddy, what am I supposed to do with this? He said, stick them to the roof, bucko. I remember sticking them. It took an entire, I bet it was a thousand stick pins. I called him back out. I said, Daddy, sit down here. Look at this. You expect me to take Tanya out in a car that looks like this? He looked at me, God is my witness, and said, tell her it's the skyline and them's the stars. <laughs> yeah, man, it didn't work. <laughs> the, the, the Oldsmobile had some carburetor issues. So I can remember first time I'm pulling out of Drury Mason High School, okay? Uh, the, 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 the car rider's gone, then those of us that drove, and then the buses. I'm one of the last. I'm the drum major. Betty Clipper, I'm standing there running away. I'm one of the last to leave, and I am gunning it going up the hill there at 220. I have got the pedal to the metal, and 27 school buses pass by me. And every single one of them are looking over going, bless his heart. <laughs> I go back to the house. And I'm like, Daddy, this is not going to work. I can't do this. I'm embarrassed. He said, here's a solution. Work at it and buy yourself something better. He looked at me and he said, if I give it, listen now, if I give it to you, you're not going to take care of it and value it. But if you work at it, if it's something you have to earn, if it's something that you take care of, you will understand where it came from. What did you do? I bowed up, went to my room, got mad, and then worked for it. Understand, folks, laziness is a problem that has become catastrophic in our society. And I know I'm going to hear, that's not, you're, 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 you're not talking Bible. I'm reading straight from the word that proves everything I'm sharing. Not only do you see the problem of laziness, laziness brings poverty, it brings scarcity, but it also brings disgrace, builds poor habits, you're already in Proverbs. Turn to Proverbs chapter 12. Proverbs chapter 12. Look at verse 27. This verse staggers my mind. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 27. The slothful man, again, another, another phrase there for lazy person. 
The slothful man roasteth not, which he took in hunting. Are you, are you, are you catching that? The, the, the slothful man, he didn't mind putting on the camo. He didn't mind getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning and dousing himself in deer oil. He didn't mind getting up and go sitting out in 22 degree below zero temperature with a 12 gauge in his hand or a rifle or whatever you people use to hunt deer with. He didn't mind shooting it. But the moment it's killed, he says, I need some help taking care of this. I need somebody to dress it. I need somebody to cook it. I need some. Here's what the Bible says. Look at the rest of that verse. Verse 27, slothful man roasteth not that which he took in hunting, but the substance of a diligent man is precious. The substance of a diligent man is precious. Can I, can I give you 30 seconds of Gregology this morning? This is Gregology, but I know I'm right. God puts in man, and I'm thinking about the biological male, God puts in man a desire to provide and protect. He, does, he puts in females this nurturing desire. He puts in males uh, the idea to provide for the family and to protect the family. When I was moving this weekend, uh, we were blessed to have some help. I'm very grateful for the help that we had. Uh, made it much, much quicker. Uh, and so we were throwing boxes, taking stuff, throwing it in the U-Haul. Uh, and, and, and the last thing, actually the first thing I grabbed uh, as I walked out the door uh, is an entire bag. My son looked at me. My daughter looked at me. Renee looked at me. Why are you taking that bag? I said, honey, this is full of guns and ammunition. She said, what are you doing with it? I said, I'm making sure this is not out of my sight. Number one, I don't want anybody to stumble with it. I don't want anybody to get hurt with it. But I also want to make sure I know where it is when we get to the new house. Somebody say amen. <laughs> Hear me this morning, folks. I have heard, listen now. Some of you have as well. I've heard with my own ears uh, people say some of the craziest things. Uh, like, I'm not working anywhere where somebody tells me what to do. My favorite, I'm a self-made person. I give the orders. I'm my own boss. Don't pay your taxes and find out who the boss is. I've heard people say, I can't work there. It's not fun. How many have ever worked at a job that wasn't fun, but you realized that you enjoyed biscuits and gravy and sweet tea, so you worked at it anyway? Amen. I know you do, but I'm looking at you. <laughs> I've heard people say, I, my boss don't know what he or she's doing, so I'm quitting. You know, there's a reason why he, she's the boss and you ain't. I've heard people say things like, I can't work there. I don't like the people I work with. Join the club. They probably don't like you either. My favorite advice I ever read, heard from anybody, was from Steve Jobs, who said, learn to be nice to the nerds. You're going to work for one anyway. Amen. Notice this morning, laziness gets poor habits, brings poverty, also ends up with an unfilled desires, leads to ruin. Jump with me, if you would, please, to verse number 30 of chapter 24. Turn to chapter 24. 
Look at verse 30. Again, Solomon speaking, chapter 24, verse 30. It went by the field of the slothful. And by the vineyard of the man void of understanding, lo, it was all grown over with thorns and nettles, covered the face thereof, the stone wall thereof was broken down. I saw, considered it well. I looked upon it and received instruction, yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth, and thy want as an armed man. Scripture shows that laziness will even tend to nothingness to those who have been given everything. Can I tell you another story? I got four million of them. Mother and daddy, of course, you know I'm an only child because mom and daddy got it right the first time. Somebody say amen. <laughs> Mother and daddy worked hard <clears throat> all of my life. I mean, I never knew my daddy to work only one job, work two and three jobs all of my life. Mother worked hard both active in our church. When I went away to college, Mother and Daddy looked at me and sat down and said, well, we've got enough money saved. Here's what we can do. After that, it's on you. After that, you're going to have to take care of it. In fact, Daddy said to me, Greg, I really believe that God wants you to be a public school teacher. Have you thought about that? I'm like, Dad, I'm not going to be a public school teacher. I'm not going to William and Mary to be a school teacher. And so I went into all these different programs, changed my major nine different times. Finally, my senior year, the first time, because I made that senior year the best three years of my life. Can I get a witness? <laughs> I came home to mom and daddy, and I said, I've decided to be an education major, but I need two more years of school. Daddy said, that's fine, but it's on you. I'm like, <laughs> it's like I'd never heard it before. Like, what do you mean it's on me? He said, we told you, son, here's what we have done. We spent our whole lives doing this. We've given you everything we can. Now it's on you. And then he said, anything after that, you're going to have to figure out. Now there's a whole school of thought today that would say, how dare they turn them into the Department of Social Services for child neglect. I say it was the smartest thing they could have ever done. Because then I went even got crazy and got married at the same time. <laughs> and so now, not only are Renee and I together trying to figure out how to pay the last two years of my school, I, I'm in student teaching from 7 to 3.30 every day, go to work at 4, come home midnight, make lesson plans. We never saw each other. It's the best 12 years of our marriage. Amen. I'm kidding, baby. Here's what we would do. Here's what we do. We had the best time those two years together. I worked at Farm Fresh, which is a grocery store. She was so pretty. She'd come up. This is how much we were in love, church. Listen now. She would come up on my lunch break, which was 30 minutes. And where'd we go eat, baby? Long John Silver's, where everything tastes the same. I don't care what you order. <laughs> everything tastes the same. Why Long John Silver's? There were two restaurants there from Farm Fresh. There was Long John Silver's on the left, McDonald's on the right. Here's how we made ends meet. We went to Long John Silver's every day for lunch together. She drove 30 minutes to come have a 20-minute lunch break with me at Long John Silver's. She ordered something new off the menu every time, but I never knew what it was. It all tasted the same. Then on Thursdays, we went to McDonald's. We went to McDonald's. Why? Because on Now, this is getting real down in the weeds. Because on Thursdays, 
They had cheeseburgers four for a dollar. I know some of y'all are salivating right now. Y'all excited. 25 cents a piece. This is how broke we were. I took $11. I got paid on Thursday. I'm not, I'm not trying to make you laugh and be honest. I got paid on Thursdays. I took $11 in and ordered 20 cheeseburgers. Now, I didn't eat 20 of them on Thursday night. Renee took them home. We had two for dinner apiece, and she threw the other 16 in the freezer because that's how we had to make it. That's how I gained 20 pounds the first year we got married. Amen. Understand something, folks, that, that this idea of the two of us scrape. We used to joke that we had to recycle dryer lint to pay the power bill. Amen. This idea of us scraping things together and depending upon each other, listen, and figuring it out together with the help of a good God, and we valued every single thing we had. First time, she and I went and borrowed for a car. We sat down together and just bawled, just cried because we got the car payment letter. Amen. But I remember looking at me and thinking, she said, I didn't think I'd ever be able to do this. I didn't think we'd ever be able to afford a car. I didn't think we'd ever be able to do this. Then, then of course, God, you, you know the story. You work together. You make ends meet. You scrape a little bit together. You tithe. You do what you're supposed to do. And God blesses over and over and over. Amen. Notice, if you would, please, number three this morning. Not only do I want you to see the problems of work, the pattern for work, Look at the power for work. Hear me this morning, and this is for all of us, church. Listen to me. When we work with a godly attitude, God will use that to be a channel of blessing to somebody else. God will use that to be a channel of blessing to somebody else. Turn to Proverbs chapter 13. I'm almost done this morning. Proverbs chapter 13. Look at verse 11. Wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished. Look at the next clause. But he that gathereth by labor shall increase. Folks, you all, I think you all understand, but I want to say this in case you don't understand. I keep talking about he, the Bible uses he, but it's he or she. In fact, I'm going to show you in just a moment, there is plenty of biblical evidence for women working outside the home. I want you to understand this morning that this idea that, that, the, that somehow the American dream is somehow turned on its head. You hear me this morning. That's not a political statement. I believe with all of my heart that God gives clear evidence that the work is the method by which he takes care of us and blesses us. He gives us strength to work. How many of you understand that you got out of bed this morning because a good God woke you up? How I many of you understand you drove to church this morning because God gave you the means to put gas in a car and a car that you have that got you to church because it's a good God that you serve? How many of you understand that you're going to go to a house, whether you live in a little two-bedroom trailer or a 20-bedroom mansion, it is all because of the grace of a good God that he has provided because you're not afraid to work a little bit for it. 
this idea, oh God, this idea that we should do nothing and have everything is not biblical. Notice, not only do you understand that God blesses us through work, it also brings honor as well. Look at chapter 12, verse 24. Look at chapter 12, verse 24. We're fixing to step in some real tater patches just before we close her up. Amen. Verse 12, chapter 12, verse 24. The hand of the diligent shall bear rule, but the slothful shall be under tribute. You know what that word tribute means? It means ensnared owed, indebted to. Here we go. Fixing to get in some real tater patches. Listen to me. I got people that I love dearly who every time they get a paycheck will run down to the convenience store and throw it away on a get-rich-quick scheme. Amen. Now, don't misunderstand me. I do like what Bob and Kyla said, this idea that, you know, the devil's had that money all these years. It'd be all right for God's people to have it for a little while. But you hear me this morning. I promise you the idea of a get-rich-quick scheme ain't doing you no favors. It ain't helping you. It's not doing a thing for you. And I submit to you this morning that the idea of honor, in fact, what Colossians says is whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. I don't care if you dig ditches or if you're the CEO of a Fortune 500 company, realize you are doing it as unto the Lord. Finally, this morning, turn to chapter number 20, verse 11. Promise I'm done. Chapter 20, verse 11. I love this simple verse. Even a child is known by his doings. That means by his work, by his effort, by his labor. Whether his work be pure, whether it be right. You don't have to turn. But Mother's Day, almost all Mother's Day, you'll hear people, preachers all over the country... Talk about the Proverbs 31 woman. You know what dawned on me one time? That Proverbs 31 woman who can find a virtuous woman for a price as far above her. You read it. It's a hardworking lady. She works in the home. She works outside the home. She makes her scarlet. She sells it. She buys. She goes out and buys land. That didn't happen in biblical days. She's got a husband. Why isn't he doing it? The Proverbs 31 woman is a woman who labors to bring resources into the home. Scripture tells us in Proverbs, you don't have to turn, chapter 16, verse 3, commit thy works unto the Lord and thy thoughts shall be established. When I close your Bibles, we're done. Two quick things and we're done. Every time I say we're done, you all sit up and pay attention. That's the reason I keep saying it. Amen. Everybody that knows me knows that I love Chick-fil-A. Love me some Chick-fil-A. There's a couple of reasons for that. Number one, they have Diet Dr. Pepper. Somebody say amen. Amen. Thank you, prayer there. 
This past Wednesday night, I said something. I don't remember what I was even talking about, but I said, uh, I referenced the fact Dr. Pepper, which is the drink of choice, tea, which sweet tea, which will be served at the marriage supper of the land, and coffee, which my mother said not to trust anybody that don't drink coffee. It's not natural. Amen. After church, Brother Coffee met me out in the hallway and said, Preacher, me and Lisa are going to have to find another church. I said, what's wrong, Brother Coffee? He said, we don't drink Dr. Pepper. We don't drink tea. We don't drink coffee. I think we're going to have to leave. <laughs> now, I think that's a bit extreme. They don't have to leave church. They probably need to get saved, but they don't need to leave church. <laughs> Amen. Number one, I love, love their drink. But I also, this is just me. I, I like their customer service. In fact, I'm 100% convinced if we could have turned the whole vaccination attempt over to Chick-fil-A, we'd had no problems whatsoever. I mean, they get us in and out of there in 32 seconds and then look at you after they've jabbed you and said, my pleasure. <laughs> but you know why I really like Chick-fil-A? No, it ain't the chicken. <laughs> I know it looks like I got my own little coop, but it's not the chicken. It's because of their owner. Many years ago, I had the opportunity to meet him. What a glorious gentleman. Here's what he said. <clears throat> His name is Truett Cathy. He said, quote, In scriptures, we learned how to handle our business, how to give customer service, and how to treat employees. He said, In 1982, when we moved into our national headquarters, I called a meeting of all the executive committee and asked them the following questions. Why are we here? Why are we in business? What is our corporate purpose? He said, quote, we decided our corporate purpose is this. We put God first. We live a balanced life. He said, I've been active in churches and have taught Sunday school for 47 years. He said, ultimately, it boils down to this. We work hard. We put out a good product. We ask our employees to work hard. And then just as he promised, God blesses our efforts. Could it be so simple? Indeed, it can. I'm always astounded when folks want to bash Chick-fil-A. I mean, I'm not, again, I'm not being political because of this ideology or that ideology. Come on, give me a break. Work hard and God blesses the efforts. Let's stand to our feet this morning. I know this is an entirely different message than what I preach on a Sunday morning, but I believe it's needful. I believe it's, I believe it's important to be reminded that God blesses those who work hard. I don't care if you post hole digger, factory worker, teacher, president. I don't care what you are. God blesses people who work hard. Every head bowed and every eye closed. You know what? Here's what we're going to do. <clears throat> if you want to just slip up to this altar right now, you want to just come up and say, Lord, thank you for blessing me and my family. Thank you for the work you've allowed us to do. Thank you for how you blessed us. You come on and make your way this morning. <clears throat> thank you for being good to us, for blessing us with far more than what we deserve. Thank you for being good. I'm going to just make your way. Come on. Let me ask one question. Anybody in the building this one to say, Pastor Greg, not saved. Something would have happened to me today. I'm not sure heaven would be my home. 
Pray for me. Brother Ken, sing us one verse this morning. One verse. you deserve. Amen. Brother Kent, dismiss us in prayer. Join us Wednesday night, Awanas, 7 o'clock, Bible study for the adults. Sing, pray for us, brother. Amen. Heavenly Father, God, we do thank you, Lord, for this day. Father, thank you for our pastor, Lord, and his willingness to God to preach on topics, Lord, that are biblical, God. We just thank you, Lord, for this. God, we ask, God, that you would instill within all of us, Lord, a, a work ethic, Lord, that is strong and hard, and Father, represents you very well. God, help us to have work in a godly manner, Lord, and be a great testimony, Father, to a world out there that needs to see some real Christianity. Father, we just want to say this morning that we love you. Father, we praise you, Lord, for your son. Father, thank you for the work that he done on Calvary's cross, Lord, to save us from our sins. God, we just want to thank you, God, just for the opportunity to be here. Father, we love you. Thank you for loving us first. It's in Christ's name we do pray. Amen.